Sports Rebel Britain, the Tijuana Brass. I'm Meg Rowley, and on this edition of Fangraphs Audio, we bid farewell to Fangraphs' own Jeff Sullivan, who is departing the site, though not his home, for the Tampa Bay race. Jeff and I discuss his time on the baseball internet, what he'll be doing or not doing for the race. You'll be shocked to learn he offered very few answers, and the direction of a Jeffless Fangraphs. Spoiler alert: the future is still bright. Plus, Jeff offers an assessment of his own abilities that may disappoint his new employer. I find them to be worthless, literally worthless. Bummer. I will refrain from attempting to parlay your sadness into a Fangraphs membership, but I will remind all of our listeners that Fangraphs is going to spring training and will host a reader meetup at the Two Brothers Tap House and Brewery in Scottsdale on Friday, March 8th, beginning at 7 p.m. If you're in town for spring training or simply a resident of the greater Phoenix metro area, I hope you'll join me and the rest of the Fangraphs staff for a drink and some snacks and a little bit of baseball talk. There may even be a few cameo appearances by Fangraphs alums. That bit of business being complete, I take you to my conversation with Jeff Sullivan, soon to be former writer for Fangraphs, which begins right now. hit the record button john f kennedy (laughs) please tell me your thoughts about our border policy jeff this is a weird conversation first of all you're jeff sullivan hi hi that's you rally yeah that's me uh it's a it's a weird one because you're you are departing fan graphs as As you and I are are talking about this, we're talking about this on on Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. To my knowledge, Bryce Harper hasn't signed. To my knowledge, Bryce Harper won't sign before before I'm gone. But you and I are now having, for me, the first formal conversation with people who aren't my new employers or like my fiance about going away. So I have nothing. I have nothing rehearsed. I am as curious to see how this goes as you are. Yeah, I uh, I planned to send you like a bunch of questions, but then I ran out of time because I was running fan graphs, and you know we're pals, so we can just uh, we can just talk as pals do about changes in your life circumstance. It's like going to brunch, and uh, and ordering chili chilies and a beverage and catching up about the things that are about to change. You you have a lot of change coming up in your life. Honestly, it's not just work stuff. You're getting married. You might grow taller. Who knows? You got a lot of you got a lot of things on your plate. I'm not going to lie. Now, you honestly, as excited as I am for what's coming next, I don't have chilaquiles on the horizon. So now you have made me realize that there's something missing. But yeah, this is this is going to be a year of uh, of change. There's there's a good number of people who we invited to a wedding who can't make it because they all colluded to have children. Like a number of couples <laughs> who just can't make it. And I think like oh. What a great, big, impactful year for them. But no, I'm going to I'm gonna selfishly take it because I guess I have two life achievements and they only have one. So you yeah. better get cracking, people who just had one kid. You need to have another <laughs> before the calendar's up. If anyone has twins, do they automatically beat you because they've brought two lives into the world? No, no, because they didn't decide that. Yeah, they did not. You did decide to leave Fangrass to join the Tampa Bay Rays, which is a decision that took a lot of time. It took a long time. I think it's always fun for people to hear people in my position ask people in your position how this change came about and uh, what you're going to be doing, and then listen to you squirm on the other end as you were able to reveal very little. 
That sounds about right. So let's see if let's see if I can fulfill that obligation. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I I am going to be joining the the Tampa Bay Race, and my title will be analyst, comma baseball development. Effectively, I'm going to go to the Rays and and develop baseballs. So there's what I understand is there's there's hide stitches, some cork, some rubber, and I'm going to try to develop some. uh, some different ones and uh, see if, if people notice. I'm thinking balls that uh, like a like a juiced ball that maybe goes for a lot more home runs. But mm-hmm. I think somebody somebody already tried that one. Or perhaps a literal juiced ball that like when it th- thumps against something, it'll kind of, you know, squish as a, a piece of citrus fruit might. You mean like Could it's be... full of Tropicana orange juice? Yep. Just like that, Jeff. Just yeah. like it has real juice in it. Yeah, you. I know this is probably a strange conversation as well because you and I have have spoken privately, not for public consumption, uh, several yeah. times during during this process mm-hmm. uh, because it has it has been a while in development. And the thing I am going to say to you, the thing I have presumably already written in the future past uh, when I <laughs> have my announcement, the thing I will presumably tell to Ben as well, unaffectively wild, is that I I can think of no place I would want to write more than fan graphs. I think if anybody if any other media company had offered like twice the money to just go do the same thing there, I would have said no because fan graphs has been too too wonderful. It's been a wonderful loyal relationship for for 6 plus years and I didn't think this was ever going to be a, a realistic outcome, but somewhat similar to with Dave Cameron a year ago, he didn't think he was going to leave fan graphs and then a team made him an offer that he couldn't say no to and mm-hmm. I thought as someone who can't advocate for my own skills because I find them to be worthless, literally worthless, I didn't think that the same opportunity was or a similar opportunity was ever going to come up, but it did. And I honestly just kind of have to see behind the curtain. I would I would regret it too much if I didn't. But I can tell you one thing. I can tell you I can tell you this this thing. It is it is not a lifetime contract that I've signed. And in what they might what they might figure out real quick is the way that I value my skills is the way that they should have valued my skills. So while I did give some consideration to titling my announcement post off internet, I probably shouldn't do that because uh, I could very well make a uh, make a return with my tail between my legs down the road. So you'd be participating as as Kylie has recently in the Fangraphs Returnship Program. <laughs> it's a it's a coming wonderful on, coming program. On home. Yeah, coming on home to your friends. Yeah, a your, warm bed, reduced your, salary. Yeah, your baseball pals. I mean, I think the the good news is that you don't have to go to Tampa. No offense, Tampa. Although I, you know, I'm within my rights to be a little fussy at Tampa. Candidly, I could be a little fussy with them if I cared to be. I won't, but I'm just asserting that I would be within my rights. But you don't have to relocate uh, to Tampa. But that means that should things not work out and you come back, you will not experience the relief of leaving Tampa either. I think that when when I went to visit uh, visit them all and go through an interview process, they were not as receptive to my maybe you're going to move to Portland jokes as I thought that they could be. <laughs> Most people in the building were, uh, were less than enthused by the prospect. But I did realize as much as it's easy to make fun of Tampa and, and Florida for, you know, basically being already underwater, you and I and the others in our region are facing our own imminent catastrophe. So I don't know. Yeah. I guess ours is more telegenic, but theirs is more immediate. Yeah, I mean, 
I think that um, when obituaries are written about people who die like in pyroclastic clouds, you get to use that word. And that's that's pretty cool, which is better than, you know, horrible climate-induced drowning. Uh, but I think we should both just try to avoid death ho- however we possibly can, no matter where our work travels take us. Because, well, you know, the, If the Earth nice were to quake beneath us, then I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to make of the structure around us. Yeah, I suppose in this way, um, Fangraphs is sort of diversifying some of its geographic risk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will, of course, miss you very much, but depending on you know what what sort of folks emerge to uh, to fill the void, and of course with the rest of our wonderful staff, uh, you, we will no longer have a, a sort of senior writer and managing editor in this on the same fault line. That's true, and I think that uh, now I, I guess in in Bend, Oregon, Dave was going to be kind of safe, even in the event of the massive earthquake. I think Bend was yeah. going to be okay. The worst thing that happens at Bend is that it, I think freezes over like a foot thick of ice every winter, and then it's just kind of there until June. But in any case, yeah, uh, the the idea that Dave doesn't have to permanently relocate from Bend, and that I don't have to permanently relocate from Portland, causes and and. Carson hasn't had to permanently relocate from whatever bridge it is that he lives under in in Maine. <laughs> that we could, that we have any number of all of the former Fangraphs employees should eventually just work for the same team and work remotely, and we'll just have yeah. this this entire team can be run by a network of people <laughs> who are just scattered around the country and are never there to apply hands on oversight. I would support that, provided that there uh, aren't any new former Fangraphs employees after you for quite a while. <laughs> Everybody needs to stay put for now. So you can't really tell us a lot about what you're going to be doing in Tampa, although I imagine that some of it people would be probably disappointed to learn will be pretty similar to what you do now, just for a different kind of audience. But, you know, how how did this how did this come about they called you, you sent up a smoke signal, you said, ah, that Meg, Meg's getting named managing editor, I gotta get the hell out of here. It's gonna be terrible from here on out. What can you after, tell the people, Jeff? After having vouched for your hire, I immediately recognized <laughs> the error of my ways and needed to abandon it. I never, yeah. I never sent up a, a signal, and what's... I guess a member of the Razor organization did ask Ben Lindbergh for my email address, and so to this... To this day, I think Ben blames himself for having put us in contact because I don't have my contact information anywhere because I don't want to be contacted by people. (laughs) But no, I I was I was reached out to, and you know, every every so often, some team person will reach out, just kind of test the waters, and generally, those conversations are like, "Thanks, but but no thanks. I'm I'm not really that interested." But the the initial conversation that I that I had with uh, with the Rays was a wonderful open-ended and exciting conversation that that got me thinking about the possibility more than I ever had before and I think in large part it's because almost almost literally the first thing that I said was my fiance and I are not willing to relocate to Florida and that didn't end the conversation right. which in all previous conversations that I've I've had along these lines it did so whether that is a race-specific thing or maybe just a league-wide uh, baseball job-specific thing, it's just it was a really interesting proposal that dwelled in the back of my head for a number, as you know, a number of months until things came to came to fruition for for a number of reasons. 
Yeah. My first week as managing editor was kind of weird. (laughs) (laughs) We'll put it that way. It was a little odd. It's a strange bit of business. No question. I feel a powerful amount of deep-seated guilt that when you (laughs) came along, very shortly thereafter, Dave left and, and, you know, left and Carson left and I'm leaving. And I feel like in a way you were brought aboard uh, on... Uh, false premises that maybe you were you were told that you would have a, a team of, of co-workers that now looks very little like the team that you thought you were inheriting. That's true. Although, you know, the, the really wonderful thing about the team we have is that it is peopled with very good people, even though we obviously miss, you know, we miss Dave and Eno and Carson and Travis. I don't think you have to feel guilty because I think the easiest explanation is that I am just a monster <laughs> and everyone had to get away from me. But, um, you know, we miss all those people because they, you know, were in addition to being like good baseball minds, we're just good folks. And it's very nice to be able to work with people who are good people. But uh, we have a lot of good people still hanging around. So I don't feel that I was conned. But, you know, we'll be set. We'll be set. See you go. Cause, do, you uh, think that, uh, do you think that by, by using the expression peopled with good people, you have actually now pulled the rug out from underneath yourself as managing editor of a writing <laughs> website? No, I'm comfortable with peopled as a – I think that peopled should be used as a verb more frequently. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's evocative. But yeah, peopled with like good folks would <laughs> probably have been better. Uh, but like, when do I write anymore anyway? <laughs> well, yeah, that's a different conversation. That's but I feel, a different conversation. <laughs> I feel bad too. There's been so much turnover. I just completely overlooked Travis, for God's sake, who had left in, in August, which is not an intentional oversight, but that's just so no. many people. And as I, I think about it now, this is, I guess... What are the links to a uh, quote unquote old fan graphs now? It's, it's a new, it's a brand, whole new staff. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll forever have Appleman kicking around. So there's that. But yeah, I mean, it's a, as a uh, person overseeing this transition period, you know, we will, we will miss you. And one, one is always nervous about departures and the effect it will have on, uh, the site and site culture and how we're perceived and all that. But, um, you know, I, I think that shortly after I was named managing editor, I came on to Effectively Wild and chatted with you and Ben about how this is just sort of how these things go. You know, um, teams are, I think, rightly identifying that there are a lot of different uh, places to get smart people and that the, the skills that they bring to bear uh, can look uh, similar, but also a little bit different from like the the typical skill set we would see in say a job posting that would go up at Fangraphs, and so we just have to be adaptable. And the idea of getting to build a new, or not entirely new, but to sort of expand the footprint of Fangraphs and have it look a little different and incorporate what we have, but also incorporate some new folks and new voices, as we're likely to do in the next uh, couple weeks here uh, with. A, new contributors coming on is that part's exciting i mean it's terrifying because it's hard to think about fan graphs without you but uh you know it was hard to think about fan graphs without dave and here we are we're doing okay dave's doing fine dave has manny machado and we still have fan graphs i think everyone came out a winner yeah but dave also has eric hosmer but i guess we don't yeah. need to he knew what to... <laughs> he knew what he was getting into I, a, a word that <laughs> david appleman used to me uh not not too long ago when i had informed him of 
of my decision was he uh, he said something along the lines of I guess Fangraphs is officially in in its rebuild, and I like that because it is. I mean, not of course in any way to to diminish the people on staff, yourself included, but like in in terms of the the turnover, it really is kind of a. Uh, at least a transition period, if not mm-hmm. a full rebuild. It's it's not like Fangraphs is tanking in any way, nope. but it's it's looking for for prospects, you know, to to go with yeah. its it's the core that it has in place. Which, as uh, a fan of a team, if you are continue to be a fan of a team that has entered a rebuild, it is exciting for reasons very separate from oh, we're going to be really really good immediately. But you can kind of see that you can mold a new staff and new contributors into the full-time staff that you want to have mm-hmm. down the road. And that's got to be exciting. Yeah, that part is cool. I'm hesitant to embrace a particular team uh, <laughs> as an analogy for for this because, of course, they all carry their baggage with them. Like you said, it, it's not a it's not a tanking sort of situation. Uh, you know, I think that like the Astros and the Cubs would uh, have killed for whatever the baseball equivalent of you know Eric Longenhagen and Kylie and Jay and Dan and Craig and you know. Paul and our whole fantasy team and on and on and on, you know, Cheryl's legal analysis. So there is this very sort of strong and energetic and exciting core of people. And I think that, you know, Fangraphs is in this great spot where it can, you know, as you said, it can continue to deliver content at a really high level and at an industry leading level, but also it does afford us an opportunity to sort of step back and consider people and, and bring in the next part of the core, right? I guess uh, maybe I would embrace uh, the Dodgers or the Yankees if I'm going to be very fussy and full of myself that there aren't any really bad teams. There are just uh, some teams that are slightly more transcendent and are often aided by an infusion of new talent helping the the talent that exists. So maybe we'll settle on that. It's not a rebuild. It's just a uh, you know, a step forward, perhaps. Now I sound like Jerry DePoto. That has its own bad connotations. You know, we're in good shape, but we get to do an exciting thing, which I'm pretty jazzed about. But yeah, it's, you know, it's a fun, it's a fun thing. You know, every writer that everyone reads on the base, on baseball internet that people, who people really enjoy and love and, and idolize, you know, the people we think of as being especially good at this, yourself included, like, you know, you wrote some bad posts at SB Nation once upon a time. That was the thing that you did. I definitely wrote some bad posts at Lookout Landing once upon a time. You know, uh, you go back and read uh, Sam Miller's stuff at the OC Register when he was getting started. It was typically excellent because it's Sam, but like it was quite a bit different than what his voice ended up being. You could see, you know, the seeds of it, but it's different than what he does now. So I think we view being able to supplement the really terrific people we have at the site now with some new folks who maybe grow up to be like the next generation of people who everyone reads is really cool and exciting because I'd like them to be at Fangraphs instead of anywhere else. And sometimes, you know, that kind of change forces you to to look at folks that you maybe hadn't considered as closely as you ought to have in the past. So that part is very cool, even though we will miss you. And we're like much shorter as a staff now. Uh, on average, just a ton shorter than we were. <laughs> yeah, but Paul is still in place in order to, That's to true. keep up the peak. I yeah, he does. Paul, Paul is even taller than I am, I think. Yeah, he he um he definitely he definitely helps to keep the average reasonable, but uh, it will dip a little bit, I would imagine. I wonder what if we're going to extend this sort of rebuilding prospect metaphor. Uh, you think of you know you 
have written a lot in the past. I've written a lot in the past. Sam has written a lot in the past. Everybody has to start somewhere. As you are looking for for people to sort of polish and develop, what is it? What is the skill? What are, what are the skills or the skill <laughs> that you are most focusing on? What is what is the, the skill that's going to make or break a prospect as like an FV fifty or above <laughs> Fangraphs writing opportunist? I think that there are two, we're just going to attack this uh, metaphor as much and as far as we can. Um, I think that the like the tools that I'm most concerned with are voice first and foremost, followed very closely by like a demonstrated, I mean, if not expertise, if we're not using that word, sort of good good feel, right? Good baseball feel. So, you know, I don't expect that every person who's, you know, writing for Peanuts at SB Nation is going to be able to kind of do the same sort of analysis that say you can, but you can tell reading a sample, even from someone who's very new, when they have a good sense of the the mechanics of the game, or they have a good statistical sense, or they understand, you know, the broader sort of like market forces that are at play in baseball at any given time. And I think that Generally, you can, as long as someone is receptive to feedback and to learning new things, you know, if they have historically, I don't know, been uh, more inclined to use ERA than FIP just because they aren't thinking about it, but they can understand why they should use one or over the other and are receptive to feedback that they ought to, that kind of stuff is correctable, provided people are open to learning. Voice is very, very hard to teach someone. I mean, I think that's one of the things I was feeling a touch nostalgic today. And so I was going back and looking at some of the stuff that I used to read of yours at Lookout before we even knew one another. And voice is present very early in your work. And it's very hard to fake. Although I do have just many, many applications from people who are literally trying to fake your voice in particular, which is a wild read, especially because they did not know that you were leaving. <laughs> so they wanted this thing to sit next to the real thing on the same site, which is a sort of odd little little idea. But I think voice and 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 good feel for what baseball is and what advanced stats are and after that, you just have to start working with them. Like the stuff that makes someone a good long-term contributor to a site, you know, being able to take editorial feedback, but also knowing where to push back to advocate for ideas in their own work. You know, that kind of stuff is just borne out by working with someone. But you can look at a couple samples and pretty quickly get a good sense of the raw tools. And then it's just how much how much coaching and development you need to do on top of that to really make them sing that, you know, can take a little longer to sort out. So... Given given your responsibilities running the site, managing the the editorial nature of the site, you're coming through Prospect Week, and now you have 500 odd applications of people who want to be contributors. How are how are you alive? I don't sleep a lot, Jeff. <laughs> I don't sleep very much at all. You know, I'm not alone in that. We're all quite busy. So, and as I have said to uh, say, maybe my mother, who has at times been concerned about that question. You know, being busy with a thing you like a lot doesn't make you less tired, but it makes being tired feel more satisfying and less irritating. But yeah, it's been it's been busy. You know, your your departure will be announced on Friday. As you said, we're recording this on Wednesday. In subsequent weeks, we will be able to make some announcements not only about contributors joining, but about the editorial oversight and direction of the Hardball Times, uh, which will not stay with me forever. So 
uh, we're very excited about the person who's going to be uh, taking over the taking the reins over there. Uh, but that will help a lot. That will be great, so that it gets the editorial oversight it needs, and I get to sleep a little bit more. But you know, I don't know, man. My like work problems or baseball problems. That's pretty rad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you know, at the same, so we we've been we've been watching The West Wing, and uh, because I never I never watched it, and it's cute now. Although, also a lot of things still relevant yeah. in today's. Po- We're not going to get into that, but one of the, yeah. one of the first things that jumped out <laughs> to me, and is and I'm certain a realistic portrayal, is that you've got a lot of these 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 staff, these people close to the president who were leaving the White House at I don't know twelve. 12 15 mm-hmm. in the morning and then they're supposed to be there for you know a meeting at 6 30 or whatever the next morning and they have to get home shower do whatever you have to have a meal these people are, are not sleeping at all and i'm sure that is what it is like at least in other functioning administrations where people are doing work and i i look at that and then i think well meg has slept maybe like four hours last week during prospect <laughs> week and you're not in the white house you're not even close in the White House, but maybe maybe your job is actually as important. I mean, what differences are, are really being made <laughs> sure. if you're the yeah. Leo McGarry chief of staff? That comparison absolutely holds up. There are no holes in it at all. <laughs> I mean, I, I will say that, uh, you know, Sean Dolinar and Eric Longenhangen and Kyle McDaniel didn't sleep a whole heck of a lot last week either. You know, not every week is like that. David's going to listen to this podcast and be like, oh, my God, Meg's going to die. It's just it's busy. It's a busy it's a busy time. I am excited for how my brain is going to function when the remaining, you know, 70, 80 free agents sign (laughs) and we end up covering them. But, yeah, it's it's been busy. It's been busy since uh, Carson turned into a literal blue jay and flew away from us. But, you know. It's it's a good kind of busy. It's exciting to get to kind of get the ramp up to real baseball when we will hopefully all like the sport and one another more than we do now. <laughs> something something I uh, I found out when I was looking at a map. I've never gone to to Florida spring training before, and I will be uh-huh. going to Florida spring training for a bit. And uh-huh. I know I know where Tampa is. I know where St. Petersburg is, having been there. What I didn't realize you mentioned Carson and the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays train closer to Tampa than Tampa Bay does, which I understand Tampa Bay is a latecomer and and all that. I don't know all the uh, the entire history of when teams have chosen their locations in in spring training, but something doesn't add. The Phillies also yep. are closer to Tampa than Tampa Bay is, so I don't know what the deal is with Port Charlotte. Maybe it's a, a fast freeway, but it's a uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird. I am. Definitely going to be my first feeling of being like first day of school in a yeah. very, very long time. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the the Fangraphs crew will be camping to to the greater Phoenix area where everything is at most half an hour away. You know, and Eric won't even have to leave. Won't even have to leave home. Just drive down the road. But yeah, it's it's quite spread out in Florida. I have a friend, I think I may have told you this um, off air, that he and his wife are Tigers fans. This is a friend of mine from grad school. And he he and his wife went to spring training one year. Uh, and I like watched their dogs. And they, I think that they had one game that they ended up just flying to. Because the idea of drive, like the drive wasn't worth it. But it was one of those like very quick little puddle jumper flights. So they just ended up flying. So it's very spread out. Which I, you know, 
I imagine would be something of a bummer in addition to the inconvenience because while it is certainly not the best part of having a job in baseball, one of the things that's quite nice about having a job in baseball and one that takes you to a place where other people have jobs in baseball is that you get to like hang out with your friends who live far away and you don't see very often. And, uh, you know, you know people who might be down there and you won't get to see all of them and you won't get to see us. It's terrible. You should feel very badly about it. I can uh, I can confirm something else that's kind of – okay, so this is weird. There is you, – you mentioned the Tigers and thing about Florida Spring Training. There is a town. It's called Lakeland, Florida, right? Yes. That's where that's where the Tigers are, right? Isn't that where they where they train? Yeah, I believe so. I think – and isn't that where – doesn't Verlander live there in the offseason or something? Maybe yeah, because sure. Of, probably because of Tiger stuff. Yeah, well, who cares? Well, so, anyway. Uh, and so there's Lakeland, and then an hour away to the northwest is Lando Lakes – Mm-hmm. I don't understand how you can have Lakeland <laughs> and Land O Lakes certainly within an hour of one another in the same state. You, yeah, that both does seem lands. confusing. Huh. Yeah, I mean, uh, and of lakes, and that Land of Lakes is not where the butter comes from. You know, Land of Lakes butter. It's mm-hmm. not where it comes mm-hmm. from. I'm pretty sure that comes from somewhere. I would assume in in the Midwest, probably in Minnesota, they are quite proud of how many lakes they have in that state. It's very confusing, Jeff. It does seem like over time, as Florida becomes increasingly submerged, that the spring training facilities will have to be, out of necessity, more densely located. Yeah, or they should just move everything to Arizona, which would be great. It would be very convenient from a coverage perspective. You know, if we could go back a minute, did you ever watch The West Wing? Yes, I did. I watched it in real time. It does not... I will let you say what you're going to, but first I have to say, you know, it is not... um, I have... We don't have to delve into this too terribly much but like let's say since i don't know we'll pick a year we'll call it 2016 i did try to rewatch the west wing and i could not do it i couldn't do it it's a it's a misogynistic show i can tell you it's not the best (laughs) yeah uh but uh the point i'm gonna make is is nothing to do with social justice but you had tweeted a picture of i believe it was jay bruce earlier Mm -hmm. on wednesday and you were saying that you couldn't believe that man is 33 years old and and etc yeah. So picture, I want you to picture, without giving anything away, seventh season, Leo McGarry, right? Can okay. you picture that yep. in your head? Yep. How old an individual do you think that that human being was? I think John Spencer was, you mean the character or the actor playing I mean, the character? same thing. Let's sure. go with, we're saying uh, the actor. Like 50? F- oh, it's supposed to be 50? Okay. So he, okay, you went the opposite direction. I asked my He has uh, an I adult daughter. Yeah. I asked my, my fiance, maybe it's been a while since you watched it, I asked my fiance, how old do you think uh, Leo McGarry was in, in season seven? And she said, 82. And I thought, what? yeah, that sounds about right, because if you go back and you watch, you know, he's like a, he's just an old man in season seven. But he, uh, he in real life was 58, and now I, you have taken away all the impact of saying that, that I'm revelation sorry. means nothing, because you went I'm eight sorry. years in the other direction. I'm so- I guess I had his sort of beginning of uh, of series egg age pe- pegged pretty well. Wow, that was hard to say. He has an adult daughter on that show. Yeah, well, right. But you f- I'm, we're not going to look. If anybody <laughs> else wants to talk about the West children. Wing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Jeff, what are we going to do without you? 
What a sad time. Can I tell, can I, uh, we don't have to go too terribly long on this because I know you're going to also talk to Ben on Effectively Wild. You're going to post a post and you cannot give away any raised state secrets. You didn't even give away any raised state secrets before we got on the air. That's how disciplined you were. But can I tell you a, a thing that will probably make you squirm a little bit? Cause it's, uh, you know, you don't have to feel guilty about leaving, but I get to enjoy just this little bit of making you squirm. Can I take my headphones out? No. Yeah, okay. Takes away the impact. So you started, wh- when did you start writing, well, when did you found Lookout Landing? Leone for Third was the original blog, and I started right. that around the time of the Carlos Guillen trade. Was that November 20, 2003? Sure, uh, yep. And then Lookout Landing developed as part of the SB Nation, Sports Blogs Nation uh, network. <laughs> In January of 2005, I think my first post was about juggling on ESPN2. Cool. Yeah. So in 2005, I was still in college. So were you. I was apparently busier in college than you were because I was not reading baseball internet yet. But I, long before you and I ever met and became friends and became coworkers eventually, I was living in New York and was quite miserable at my job at Goldman by the end and was, you know, looking for distractions and had grown up liking baseball and had sort of like paid attention, but not to the level that I ended up paying attention and certainly not to the level that it's been necessary to be an employee of Fangraphs. And uh, I started reading Lookout Landing and baseball prospectus and uh then that's why i became sort of reinvested in the sport uh and then when i got to grad school i actually had time to like really be watching baseball every day which probably uh is an indication to everyone of how good a graduate student i was and uh so it is a very strange thing that you are leaving van graphs because in a way that you probably have not been able to appreciate until right now when i'm making you squirm Like, your work had a pretty profound impact on the course of my life, and now you're leaving. So that's lame, but also, hey, thanks for doing that. That was awfully nice of you to write such good words and make me like baseball again. Well, that's awfully nice of you to (laughs) say those words, and it's awfully cool of me to have given you reason to crawl back to the Mariners, because it seems like that was (sighs) the great... I think that what I will have trouble... (laughs) when When I go to bed and I close my eyes, and you know those that... That amount of time between when you close your eyes and when you actually fall asleep, what's going to cause that amount of time to last a little bit longer for the rest of my life is knowing how many people look at landing caused to stay attached to the Seattle Mariners. And if I could have just done anything else, if I could have just done what my mother wanted me to do and go to graduate school, you know, that never could have happened. The Mariners could have been contracted by now. And I, the, the amount of guilt that I felt when... When I, I gave word to, to you and David Appman and, and Fangraphs that I was leaving, pales in comparison to the guilt <laughs> that I feel for causing people to watch Jeff Clement. And <sighs> I was so excited about Roy Corcoran. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I just remember, uh, you know, we would go, this little group of Seattle expats that I was part of would go on occasion when the Mariners would come to to play the Yankees and it was often very sad because they would lose Uh, but you know it it was hard not to be excited about like Felix and your and and I wanted to understand uh you know in a way that was more rigorous than uh I you know my sort of adolescent fan brain knew like why why 
why were they like this? <laughs> and how bad were they when they were like that? And, uh, you know, it's a big part of why I ended up being drawn to sabermetrics. And so, I don't know, it's like a very, um, life is very strange and would make us all very nervous if we thought about how random it is for any significant length of time. It makes you understand religion, although the Mariners fandom sort of persisting makes me not understand anything at all, really. But, uh, yeah, you're responsible for that. But in a, in a big way, also responsible for me being here hosting Fangross Audio saying goodbye to you. So... I don't know. I think on balance, it probably came out okay. I don't think you have to feel guilty about it. I absolve you. <laughs> I appreciate it if you have that power. In a, <laughs> in a sense, I, I think one of one of the reasons that I I was willing to to pursue another opportunity is that I have have been sort of increasingly aware of my own, if not fear, well, definitely fear, and and potentially developing career plateau, which will lead to decline. And I felt like I I might need to get out of this not only for my own sake, but but for everyone else's. And I don't know whether that's just more of a short term slump or what. But I, I think that having having read you for for so long, I'm I'm envious not only of your command of, of the English language and your ability to just write in a way that I am, I am jealous of, but that you are also so well equipped to navigate what is the present and I think future of public baseball conversation in a way where I feel almost like a dinosaur just thinking like numbers and analytics and here's here's what I'm going to analyze in in my own little corner of the room but the real important discussions I think are are better left to people like you than they are to people like me so I'm just going to go hide in a in a corner and uh and play with my numbers and toys for a team and and hope that I can just kind of exist there and and have less of that imposter syndrome that just kind of creeps into I think probably every writer said when they've been mm -hmm. doing it long enough well, I think that that's, uh, that's unavoidable no matter what your professional ambitions or workplace because, um, you know, we're all uh, flawed humans who don't fall asleep right away when, when we lie down <laughs> and so have time to think about things. But I have every confidence in the world that you are going to do quite wonderful things uh, for Tampa, although hopefully for your own sake, not in Tampa very often. And, uh, you know, as as we have joked, Fangrass will probably always have a place for Jeff Sullivan. So if it's terrible, you can just come back and probably not tell us on air about it, but tell me about it privately. <laughs> <laughs> what I What I am looking forward to. Is you know when at first I I worked really hard to make to try to develop a job like the one I've had at Fangraphs where I have a lot of flexibility and I don't have to go anywhere and I can take weekends and and stuff and and Tampa Bay has been very understanding about that but when when I broached the topic of of travel to Tampa with my fiance uh, her eyes lit up because I am always here mm. I am always home uh, mm. when when she when she wakes up I'm here when she comes back for lunch I'm here. End of the day, she's had a long day. I'm here. If she's wants to take a shower, read a book, I'm here, and I'm always around. We never really get out of that mode where, like, when one person is back, both people have to be entertaining one another, and it's only been six plus years. It's terrible. But uh, when when one person when one person is always home, then the other person doesn't get really to feel like it's their own home. 
all, all of the time. And I yeah. think that I am not going to end up in a position where I'm traveling like eight months of the year, but I, I look forward to the opportunities I do have to travel, not only so that I can actually meet and develop some relationships with my new colleagues, but also so that so that my fiance can just kind of have a run of the house. I think a little separation makes the heart grow a hell of a lot fonder, especially after you're married and you lose that carrot at the end of the stick. <laughs> well, you know, not to mention, like, maybe she likes some shows on Netflix and she's embarrassed to tell you which ones and she can just watch them by herself and not have to worry about you walking into the room and going, what the hell is this? <laughs> well, I can tell you she watches a lot of the baking show, but she works at, <sighs> uh, at Reed College. And the other day, the other week, they had the great Reedy Bake Off where oh, it was boy. open to all staff and students to bake and you know what great draw hundreds of people participated people sure. are all about it so i'm the last person who uh, is going to recommend the uh, the bake-off i didn't think that it was worth anything but having seen it it's very pleasing it's very calming and people love the bake-off so not an embarrassing show to be watching no, I think that um, people should take every opportunity that they have to uh, watch things that make them happy because the world is often scary garbage. And so we need to take opportunity to enjoy things. Uh, and, you know, like for me, I'm excited for baseball to be back. I watched a lot of college baseball this past weekend, Jeff, and uh, some of it was very bad baseball, although in a way that I like very much enjoyed. But it felt it felt good. You know, made me feel like warm in my chest. And uh, that that does it for me. But some people, they, they need the baking show. So people should enjoy baking shows if they enjoy them. That's what I think. When you watch the Mariners, do you ever feel a little like like you're watching the last season of House and you're sitting there like, I'm watching this because I have to see it through, but it hasn't been good in like forever? Yeah, although I will admit that, you know, uh, I don't really watch the Mariners as much as I used to. I... Like last year, I I watched probably some of most of like every James Paxton start. And when they were good, like, or at least winning in the first half of the season, I watched them a lot. And they're often the, they're like the late game, you know, that's on. It's like you watch a lot of Mariners or Dodgers, depending on who's in the late West Coast slot. But I think one of the great, there are many things I appreciate and really enjoy about my job. But one of them is that I can care about other baseball and am in fact encouraged to do that. <laughs> so that you know, I don't know. Like I, I bet I'll watch. You know, I'll bet I'll watch Kikuchi starts Fairmount this year. Just check that out. See what that's about. How that guy's doing. If you, uh, if you're looking for a team to watch a little more often, I have one I can recommend. Would you like me to watch the Tampa Bay Rays? I watched a lot of Rays baseball last year. I, uh, I don't think that I, uh, enjoy the aesthetic of the opener. Uh, this is not a, a conversation that we need to open, uh, or like unpack right now, but, uh, I'm not sold on it in terms of it being my preferred, like, view of an aesthetic of baseball. But, you know, it's a fun, it's a fun team. I enjoy the creativity of that team. Uh, I hope that you can persuade them to spend some money. You don't have to say any words out loud in response to that. But, uh, yeah, a race team is fun. I like them. Like those hats. Now I have a reason to buy a hat. Well, after Dave Cameron joined the Padres, they very swiftly went out and signed Eric Hosmer. So maybe, maybe. starting next week, the Rays are going to involved for Bryce Harper. <laughs> Perhaps the key to unlocking this free agent market is for front offices to hire away Fangraphs employees. Well, now I'm in a very tight bind as a person who is both sympathetic to labor and desperately keen to keep the remainder of my staff in place. What will I do, Jeff? Ha <laughs>
It'll be fine. I'm just going to let that one hang out there. Yeah. Well, we're coming up on 45 minutes. And uh, apart from saying that I am glad that front offices are allowing people flexible work arrangements, even if it does make me nervous that every baseball writer I like is going to get hired to a team. I think I I won't say that you've fulfilled your obligations because we've moved away from that on Fangraphs Audio. You know, it's part of canon, but it's really a Carson thing. But I will mostly just say that we wish you very well and we hope you find new work friends because those are important. And uh, and also that you're welcome back both on this program and at the site really anytime. I really greatly look forward to seeing that uh, as as Fangraphs is able to develop and blossom after the fact, I actually want nothing more than to realize that I was not nearly as important as I was afraid that I might have been to the site. And so it will it would be a great relief to see Fangraphs as a tremendous success, which I am sure it's going to be under your stewardship moving forward. I can't I don't even know who who the next contributor is going to be. That is privileged information, and I'm not going to be yep. on staff by the time it's announced. Uh, I know a little bit of stuff coming down the pike, and it's very exciting. But I, yeah. I, th- I think and I know and have been reassured by any number of more people than, than you can imagine that knowing that Fangraphs is, is in your hands has caused the entire industry to have great faith that the site is going to be fine and everybody's going to be reading it and I'm still going to be using it because for a long time, Meg, I'm not going to know how to use the raised numbers. No. I'm going to have to use the numbers that I'm familiar with for a while yeah. until I get up to speed. <laughs> Well, we will be happy to be uh, your port of call while you figure out how the phones work. And uh, yeah, we will miss you very much. But I look forward to, you know, us continuing on the path we're on because it's a good and exciting one, even if it is one that we are sad that we will be walking without you. So, uh, you know, don't be a stranger. Yeah. All right. We can say goodbye now. You don't have to be on Twitter ever again. I won't have to plug your Twitter handle. You can just be done. God, what a gift. You know what? You know the worst part? I'm probably going to be on Twitter exactly as often as I (laughs) am right now. I just won't. I won't feel compelled to participate, which is a relief. However, the amount of reading, it's going to be exactly the same. And that is obnoxious. (laughs) I already hate it. Well, on that note, we will say goodbye. Thank you for joining me, Jeff. Thank you for having me.